Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome. This is RU Fan Jerry in a special edition of the R Big Show. I had to put those couple of clips in case any of you forgot what happened this Saturday. I welcome Ruckers Mo for another edition of the show. Mo, I know we uh talked about having a session of give me some Mo thoughts on uh, the podcast and I'm sure you got many this week. You know, I had a lot and then I listened to those clips and I just completely went into some kind of epileptic seizure. Um, luckily, I just ate, and I've digested my food. That's the good news. Depressing. So let me ask you, we, 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 talked, um, we talked that night, and I think uh, it, it was emotional, and everyone uh, all over, whether you know, I received texts from people I haven't even talked to in, in a long time, uh, everybody had a comment, whether they were a Rutgers fan or whether they weren't. Um, but two nights later, how does it feel? Does it feel a little different? Have you, uh, I guess, had some time to put thought into it? Or are you still pretty fired up? Those are great questions. Um, the thought process was pretty much gut-wrenching when I was talking to you the other night. And just so whoever's listening gets the idea... My original thought was, we need to get rid of Ash. I mean, he's a nice guy. That's what I get out of it. He seems upright, standing, uh, he knows X's, he knows O's. I'm glad to hear that. But apparently he's not really doing 
what we need to do to prepare for a team like Kansas, which was the lowest-rated team in the Power Five until us. We've now taken that spot. We're number one if you start from the bottom up. So if you ask me, do I have any thoughts? Yeah, I have thoughts. I have thoughts that we have some major contributors to our program, not identifying any by name, but and they, they're putting their heart and soul and their money into facilities, into this program, into a vision of the future. In order to have a future, you have to have a present. We have a past. And those are my thoughts. The past is that the history that goes with Rutgers, at least we won the first game. And, and that's great. I'm really glad we won the first game. And we've had some highlights over the last 149 years. But there's been a lot more down. That's why the RU screw has been something that we all have come to um, at least not love, but we understand it, right? Because well, let, let me ask you, let, let me ask you, because, you know, last week we had a pretty good show. Um, Brian Doan was on of 247. Yep. And, and when we kind of, you know, we were excited and, and I was excited about this game uh, more because it was an opportunity to get a W for Rutgers, to come back home, potentially get a win against Buffalo. And, and I'm excited about the schedule. And this was an opportunity to get things going. And one of the things that he mentioned, which was, look, I don't put any such emphasis on one game because, and he had a good point. You know, you, you beat Kansas and then lose the next five games in a row. No one remembers about Kansas. You lose to Kansas and they win the next five games and you forget about Kansas. Now, the problem with that is what we saw on Saturday. Uh, I can't picture them winning the next five games. Uh, I can't, you know, it's hard to believe they're going to win next week, let alone four or five games. But does one game warrant the firing of Coach Ash? I get it's a great look. It's a good question. I'm not looking for his head on a silver platter. The reality is, and I think you and I spoke about this, so we might as well get that out in the open. I was at Rutgers. I was on the banks in the late '60s. Graduated in '68, so we had Bateman, and um, certainly I followed the team ever since I moved out to California 50 years ago, and followed them every year. In those days, you used to read sporting magazines, sports, um, sports news, and different magazines. And I was always talking up Rutgers, always following the team. And I'm trying to answer your question. I guess the question is, let's go back to when you were on the banks and you had a guy who was hyped up by the genius of football, Bill Walsh. We had Terry Shea, who by all accounts was an honorable and good man and a bright guy, but he didn't have any connections. Not to, not to the talent that we needed. And as a result, the best year that we ever had was, I think, five and six. You can correct me if I'm wrong. He won Big East Coach of the Year with a, five, with a losing record. It doesn't cut it. It just doesn't cut it. At what point do you uh, – let's just use some metaphors. At what point do you realize a relationship is not what you want and you have to move on so you don't want to date – Andrea anymore or Jennifer and you move on at what point does she tell you that she's going to move on sometimes it doesn't work out so and so Ash I think the issue vision that vision it, is it, it may be blurred it's definitely blurred after that after that debacle forget Ohio State that was always going to be Ohio State anyway 
we've got five, four games at the end of the year that are monster games. Monster games. And unfortunately, I can't put any of those in the win column. Um, I would have loved to. Well, I think I what the issue is is the score, right? The score, right? Because you're bringing up the point of, you know, previous week, 52-3, to three, Ohio State, we get it. At the end of the year, the team is going to be beat up and tired. There's going to be some ugly scores. But, you know, 50-plus points to Kansas is, is not where this program Right. Right. So, so that's where the conversation starts in terms of is Ash the right guy? Rutgers, this team should not be year three being blown out by Kansas at this point, right? But, and we have this discussion all the time, is you're dealing with Rutgers and you're dealing with the situation they have. So who's next? Who, what, what is this? What, you know, who, who, we fire Ash today, um, you know, who, who's the interim coach? Who's the next coach? So I get worried whether or not that conversation is worth having. And it's worth having that he's on the hot seat, without a doubt. But he's not going to get fired tomorrow. So I get concerned that us as Rutgers fans uh, become uh, self-fulfilling in destroying the pos- any, anything around the program on its own by almost talking it down themselves. You know, we, we've heard of people saying they're calling to get refunds on tickets. And, and first of all, that's not even you know, possible. So, so why even do that? And why even further put the program into hurt by your own actions? Uh, because I'm sure they get a phone, Pat Hobbs gets a phone call that I had a thousand people to call and, and ask for refunds on tickets. And he's not going to say, okay, that's it. It's done. I'm firing Ash tomorrow. It's, it's just not going to happen. So uh, it's a good point. I think you bring up point one that we have to talk about. Point two is, you know, Art Sikowski, uh, I think we all were excited to see him play, and I still think there's possibilities of him being a good punt quarterback. But, uh, you know, should he, have, should he have been there in the first place, and was he ready enough? And then second of all, at what point should he maybe have been taken out of the game to potentially try to win the game? So that's another discussion. All right. So in, in, in answer to that question, again, this is coming from someone who didn't coach football, who didn't play high school or college football. I'm just a fan. But as a fan, I'm going to give you my two cents worth. Someone who's thrown eight interceptions in two and a half games, three of them returned for touchdowns. At what point do you sit somebody down and say, Arthur, Art, whatever he calls them, Fonzie for all I care, um, this is you have to protect the ball. He keeps talking about ball protection. They've given the ball away. How many times did they give it away in the in the um, Kansas game? Six. But if the if 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 the second or third stringers weren't in the second half, it probably would have been eight or nine. There was at least another couple of picks that were there. One of them hit somebody right in the right in the hands and they dropped it. The point is is that we don't seem to have. At least at this point, we've got an 18-year-old freshman. He's tough as nails. So if he's listening, if his family's listening, whoever's listening, it's not that we don't support you. I just think it's like anything else. There's a learning curve. And part of it is, and I'm using a baseball metaphor, so you can correct me if you want or, or change it up, but baseball's changed quite a bit. I, I did play baseball, and I guess the point is, 
sometimes the starting pitcher doesn't have it. And sometimes you put in a relief pitcher. And sometimes you have to bring in several relief pitchers. Kansas, for whatever reason, I've seen things on the, and let's identify it, the rival's board. And they seem to, excuse me, indicate that the starting quarterback was never going to play the whole game and that it was the intention to play the second stringer for part of the game or whatever. Maybe that's something we should do. Maybe we should learn a little bit. We've got at least three quarterbacks who are eligible. From my perspective, when we get down around the goal line, we've had this discussion before, but when we get down around the goal line, when that happens, I would definitely be putting uh, Lewis in. Maybe Geo, but more so well, Lewis, I, I because think, you want Lewis think, to get seasoned. I think we're getting. And he's mobile. The, the question is not so much about packages and so forth, right? Because the turnovers are happening at the early part of the field, right? And when they get the ball, turn over. That, right. That's so. So whether or not you know, let's get to the ten yard line and then worry about the packages. But what I think the the discussion is, you know, similar to what you said is with the turnovers and trying to win the games, you know, there definitely is a, a point where you might have to sit him down and say, let's take a step back. And he still, to me, is the quarterback of the future, but you might have to, you know, it happens. Take, take a step and sit and watch the game. And, and, and Gio has shown that he can win these games. And this might've been a game to, to do that. Now, with that said, I think going back to, you know, when the score, I thought Rutgers was actually pretty lucky to be down 24 to seven at the, at the time that they were, there was the block uh, field goal. Uh, they scored, it was 24 to 14. And you kind of had a feeling like, well, okay, they ran the ball well there. This might be a potential. And then, you know, boom, another long touchdown run. So uh, while Sarkowski actually obviously didn't play well, it's not the crux of the whole problem here was, what we saw in defense and, and then later on in the game in terms of effort. So I think that's another conversation. You know, you have the Ash conversation, you have the Sikowski conversation, and then uh, did he lose the team in the performance? Yeah, the, you have the team conversation. And, and let's attribute it where it goes, by the way, uh, p- partly. I'm not saying it's all there, but there was, an, there was a tweet, right, by Bless Austin, and he retracted it. But you've read it, right? I'm sure you have, or you know about it. And, and Ash was making the comment that it may take four, five, or six years. And Austin's response was, LOL. I forget exactly what words he said before that, but he was basically dissing the coach. And, 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 and here's the point. I've got no ax to grind against Austin. I think he's right. How, what if, like, what well, if well, a coach who comes in here says it's going to take 50 years? Who's going to be around to watch that? It's going to take 10 years for rebuilding. It doesn't. We've, so, seen teams that have, we've seen teams that have gone from worst to first in one year. I can't name one off the top, but I think maybe you <laughs> might know some. Or, and, and they happen yeah. in all different sports. They can happen in college football as well. It starts with recruiting. You definitely need coaching. Yes, you, you, need, to, you need to know what kind of talent you have and where you can – where you can put it in, but you've got to recruit some players. But I guess my, my, my point here, as you're, as you're going on, is you said, did he lose control of the team? Well, um, Austin's going to have surgery on Friday, isn't he? He's gone for the season. We're not going to have him back. And maybe he was frustrated, maybe he wasn't. 
you can give them the benefit of the doubt. But my 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 instincts tell me that he wasn't responding to the frustration of not being able to play. He was responding to coach speak. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not, well, I'm not I, I would say on... I would say I think you, you know to be careful with deciding what a player says, and and these kids also have access to the social media where you can respond and put things out there that you know, without thinking about what the ramifications are. But um, as far as losing the team, we saw what we saw on the field at the end of the game. But, you know, we'll find out very quickly how they perform on Saturday. I mean, that's kind of the great thing about this, that they get to go back out there next week and, and the week after. So uh, it, there certainly is no way to say that he's lost the team until you see how they perform this week. Um, and, you know, regardless of the whether or not we want to see or those who want to see Ash fired, um, he's not going to be fired this year. And, and you have to understand that the, if the game was 23 to 17 and I was worried a score would be something like that, uh, you know, the discussion wouldn't be the same. So it, it, it again comes to what the score was and and the. Uh, polarizing oh, well, effect that that had with everyone seeing No, I, I, I agree with you. I do agree with you, and I would hope that you would make a distinction. First of all, there's moral victories, right? Moral victories were when, when you're not supposed to win, you get close, and you kind of puff your chest out and say, well, it's like, uh, if you remember, it's before you got to, uh, to Rutgers, but we played against Tennessee and we beat them. They asked the question, what's a Rutgers? But I think a year or two later, we played Alabama. And Alabama beat us by, I don't know what it was, less than a touchdown. And Bear Bryant paid us a lot of compliments, basically indicating that, yeah, they won, but Rutgers was the better team. We weren't in that league. We were not in the league with, with Kansas the other day. It, it, we might as well have been playing Ohio State again. The differential was, it was less than eight points. We lost by 49 to, to Ohio No, we lost I, by I agree. And and I think the it's it's in the context of of the score and and we talk so much about perception about what people see and and saw with that score and that's where you know we'll see how that how they if they can bounce back from that but uh, what I do want to do actually now before we go forward is uh, welcome um, kind of a voice of, of a of a person who's been around the program for some time um, obviously. You, you mentioned Fund the Roll Rivals Network, and now is on 247. Uh, John Otterstead will join us and give us um, some of his thoughts. And uh, it, funny is, I reached out to, to John, uh, I think a week ago, two weeks ago, and just kind of wanted to get the dialogue going because I was kind of interested and excited to see how much coverage there is now um you know we do this uh i've been doing this for a couple of years now with the podcast and i look around and there's two three or four guys doing it and uh you know it, it's again that whole sleeping giant with ruckers and and if you build it they will come and and there's fans out there and, and it is very disappointing when you have a uh a result like we had this like this weekend but uh john i welcome you to the show and i can only imagine you've had uh some fun uh dealing with uh some of the activity on, on, on your board and, and probably emails and side texts that you get. Hey, gentlemen, thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, interesting being on this side of the, uh, the interview aisle here. So uh, 
I just, it's, it's great. I, I enjoyed listening to you on the lead in here. So good conversation. Thank you. Well, so, um, you know, I, I, first of all, I wanted to ask you, you know, if things, you know, go in with the show and, and with the site, you know, it's been about six months now since you guys uh, had the merger and, and is everything, I guess, settled in and how, you, how things are running smooth? Yep. So just for those who might not know, um, I publish a website called scarletnation.com, and uh, we've been running under a couple different names, ruckersfan.com and scarletnation.com since uh, I guess the late 1990s or so. Um, and uh, we were over on a network called Rivals.com, and we moved over to 247sports.com uh, in April. And uh, you know what? Different locations, same, you know, same content, and just still doing what we do. And uh, obviously, uh, we're expecting a, a better start to the season, but uh, hoping for better moving forward. So. Obviously, you know, not not the result that many of the fans were expecting in terms of of the score, as I mentioned. Um, you're, you're, you know, around the team, I have a little bit more of the pulse. You know, wh- what do you feel in terms of uh, the context where where they are right now? And then I'm sure you get a lot of people talking, chirping. Is, is there really a real push out of just the emotional sense of hey, let's fire Ash, or or are there actually people with you know have the pockets? kind of talking about that, say, you know, maybe this guy is not, not the guy that can take us there. Right. Well, you know, I first have to say that I always have to step back a little bit and kind of not speak at first after a loss like this, because you know what, the fans who are part of a online message board and particularly one like ours, where they pay to be part of it. I mean, these are the, are the most dedicated and loyal fans. These are the people who have been there for years and years and years. They're, yeah, I, I always compare it to like you know if I, I can often if a friend of mine who likes the Yankees overreacts after a game, I can say, come on, you don't even live in New York, you don't have season tickets, you know, go out and have a beer, hang out with your wife and forget it. But when you're talking about rockers, I mean, you know, so many of these people on these message boards, not just our message board or even on Facebook, you know, they they went to the school, they spent four years living in the shadows of the stadium. I, I lived right on the Bush campus. I met my wife at a football game. I have a son who is a freshman at Rutgers now, and this week I'm taking a second son down to visit the school. And I'm not the only person, you know, who's in that, in that boat. Um, you know, these people, they pay for season tickets. They travel along with the team. They make big donations. I mean, there's people on our message board that, you know, you don't even realize they're giving a sizable chunk of what they make each year to this program. They're not people necessarily who are even rich too, but they just love Rutgers football. And I have to remind myself of that every time because when there's a loss, it literally seems like people are going to go jump off a cliff and they turn on each other. They turn on the players. Uh, they turn on us. Sometimes they say we're too negative. Sometimes they say we're too positive. We got accused of that this week or, that we were covering for Ash. Um, and I want to jump out and defend, you know, sometimes I want to defend the program. Sometimes I want to defend ourselves. Sometimes I want to defend other people. I think over time, over, you know, we've been doing this for over 20 years. You just learn, you have to let everyone for the most part, if they can do it within reason, say what they want to say and things steady out. And I think an example of that today was after everyone saying they were going to, burn their season tickets and not be season ticket holders again next year. There's a thread on the board where people are talking about, Hey, 
I'm still in. Next guy, I'm still in. I'm still. I'm going to support this team. I'm going to support the players. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry I spoke so so much at length on this, but I think there was definitely some dark hours there. I still think there's more dark hours to come this week as people are looking forward to this upcoming game against Buffalo, which obviously is way more important than people thought a few weeks ago. Um, and really could, you know, I, I don't even know what's going to happen if Rutgers loses that one, but I think things are calming down a little bit. And so we'll see where it goes from here. Well, it's a difficult position because Buffalo is actually a pretty good team. So, um, it's it's not what they wanted to. I can tell you that. But you know, I, I guess I have the same sentiment in some sense. I'm, I'm, you know, it was sickening to watch. It was tough. Um, but you know, I'm going to be out there Saturday. Um, but uh, you know, and and Mo talked about this, and you know, I guess you know there is concern that you know he if he is the right guy and the right coach to take them. But you know, I you have to, and and you probably would would say this. I mean he's going to finish out the season. So having that conversation this during the season is not something that really is realistic. Well, I, and I posted this on the board the other day. I'd spoken to some people higher up the food chain than myself. And, you know, they weren't even entertaining the idea of firing him. And when I posted that, it was as though I said something, you know, one thing I take everything into context. I know where people's you know heads were at that time. But it was as though I said something so wrong and so, uh, you know, out of left field. But the people right now who are, like I said, towards the top of the food chain, I, I, I don't even think they're entertaining that thought. I don't, I don't know how you can really I, – I mean, I've seen people run the numbers. You know, you, you, we've all seen it. Every time that there's problems within the football program, they'll start doing the math. If 10,000 less people show up, 15 less thousand people show up, 20,000 less people show up, here's all the money you're losing. And just historically being involved in these situations on the periphery, as I have been, like as I stress on the periphery, but I don't think the administration and the top-level donors always view it quite that way, especially at first until it's a complete and utter dumpster fire. But, I mean, this guy is on contract for four more, you know, until 2022. Um, you have his offensive coordinator, John McNulty, under contract, the coaching staff, uh, unprecedented situation going on with Rutgers right now because, you know, there's obviously, you know, Rutgers is not in the black right now. They're barring against future earnings, and I'm, I don't pretend to be completely up on that. That's not my role within our website. I'm not the beat writer. I'm just uh, more of the uh, publisher and message board person. But I, it, Rutgers, I just don't think they, I don't think they can make that gamble. I, I can't. It would have to be something unprecedented for them to fire him, and then it asks, you know, it begs the next question: Who can they bring in? Because you can't bring in another coordinator after this, right? They're going to hey, want John, somebody this, with a proven this track is record. Mo, First Mo, uh, haven't haven't had a chance to say hello to you for a while, and uh, I guess I miss you, miss you guys. Yeah. Um, Wish we were all one big happy family again. That's just another, another thought. Um, such, such well, a I, life. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you, man. You're a legend in these parts. Well, some people would use other words, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that right now. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's I, good to I be just, on a show that you're on too. Well, I, look, I, I, I think you brought up some some interesting points. 
the fact is, though, that I would use the following. I don't necessarily think that the termination of Chris Ass is not going to happen. I understand that. It's a desire. It's basically, you know, when you hit your, when you hit your hand with a hammer, when you're, up, when you're, when you're banging away on some uh, project at the house, I don't think you're using the Queen's English. You're going to let a couple of F-bombs out, you're, especially depending upon how hard you hit it. We've been hit pretty darn hard. Pretty darn hard. It's pretty hard at this point to say, look, I'm a Rutgers grad. I am a Rutgers grad. That'll never go away. I'll never. If I was in New Jersey um, and I was there last March, I may be coming back. I'm going back in April of uh, 19. Yeah, I would, I would attend uh, functions there. Absolutely. But the reality is we're not going to fire Ash, but there's a lot of pain. And letting it out by saying we need to fire him may raise that temperature a bit. So the insulation or the feeling that he's untouchable becomes just less, becomes less. At the same time, you're right, asking but Let me, let me ask you the question, though. What, do, what benefit does that do? And I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, I, I like to look at everything from both sides, but, so, but I have to throw that out at you because I, I guess you're saying on some level, beside just being cathartic to call for his firing, which I do believe it is, you know, for people, what is the benefit? Like, in what regard do you think he's being insulated, and and how do you think this changes how things are run moving forward or, and benefits the program? I think that I, well, I'm, look again. I'm, this is my fantasy, okay? Whatever. My fantasy is is that I think Hobbs is a really sharp guy, and he's looking at it. He's crunching the numbers. He's also looking at perception. He's looking at reality. Try this. If we get thumped by Buffalo, I'm just using a, a hypothetical. Let's take a score similar to what we've been getting, and let's continue that out. And you've got four games at the end of the year that aren't looking real good at this point. At least that's my thought. How many, how many uh, beatings, how many times can you go behind the woodshed and um, still try to bring in somebody who's going to make a difference next year? By not doing that, it extends the period of time out. Well, it's going to be four years, five years, six years. That's why I thought that the comment that was made was appropriate. That is by one of our uh, team, by Austin. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's uh, right, wrong, or anything else. I am simply backing him up in terms of when do you say that enough is enough? When do you realize that it's not working out? Do, do you think it's possible first? to say that this year? Do you think Rutgers has the money to buy out everybody they need to buy out? the ability to weather the negative publicity that comes with that level of debt, as well as the ability to hire someone who would be a difference maker? Well, part of it is, is that I don't know that I'd want to get rid of McNulty. We've had, what, nine different offensive coordinators in, what, nine years or something like that? McNulty needs to stay, whether or not we liked the, the product, which is part of the problem. There really was no offense. And, and that gets back to a whole other question. But I think, we, I think we know that we need to keep we, – we've seen what McNulty could do before. We've seen what he did back in 2007, 2006. We saw that. So we know to some degree we have some concept of what this guy can do. As so far has not produced. At what point do you basically just say we, we're going to have to eat his contract? We're going to set certain restrictions on the new coach – and there will be a transition. Maybe it'll be two or three years, but the coaching staff that we have will stay in place, but we're going to bring in a new head coach, and he's going to bring in his system. 
What what new head coach is going to come in if you're keeping your assistant staff? I've never I, I I mean I can't think of any offhand that that that's ever happened where you'd get and particularly knowing right now the bar would be pretty high for someone that Rutgers would bring in. You know, fans aren't going to be happy with. I mean, they wouldn't be happy if John McNulty became the head coach. They, they they're they're looking for proven head coaches that I don't think would be willing to come in under those circumstances. And I, and I don't mean to argue with you because I, I enjoy your thoughts, but I, I don't know. I think we're all playing as though we're playing with monopoly money right now and not in the real world. And so I, hey, like, if, if I had my way, I'd love to bring in, you know, some top, top coach right now. But I, I just can't see who? that happen. Who would you bring in? Well, I mean, we'd all bring in, you know, Nick Saban if we could, but that's my, the whole point is I don't think Rutgers can afford someone that would uh, satisfy people at this time. Now you let you hope for the best and, and uh, you know, it's scary to say that because it, because the worst could appear, but you know, if you, you ride out Chris Ash for a couple more years, suddenly you can start borrowing against those future earnings and offer someone 3 million, you know, a year or, or whatever it takes, you know, whatever the going rate is that time for somebody proven, but Rutgers can't fire Chris Ash and then hire somebody for three million dollars. I guess. I guess and the conversation, the conversation was was had a couple of years ago when uh, I think Julie Herman was here and they were talk. Remember trying to fire Ash? Sorry, flood around. This was right before the the bowl game, the pinstripe bowl game, and uh, I think people did the math on on was it Dan Mullen from Mississippi State at the time, and the money it would take to fire flood staff, hire this guy who is an SEC coach who has very high paid assistance. It, it was quite a some lump sum of money. And obviously that's one of the reasons why that didn't happen then. But um, I think, I think and I, was, and I was in a room with a bunch of those people, like the administrators back then. You know, I just rub an elbow, so to speak one time with people who were towards the top or at the top of the food chain over there. And, you know, hearing them talk about that whole situation and, you know, I just, I, I can't get too far into it, but it, it gave me a little bit of insight into this situation. Now, obviously it's a different cast of characters there. I just don't see it. And like I said, I talk to other people who are, are further up than myself and they don't see it. Now things can change. You're always, there. I mean, things can go from bad to worse to dumpster fire to suddenly, you know, different infractions pop up if there's something out there and, you know, you never know. The, 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 the story can change. But as of right now, I don't think we're doing ourselves a service by talking about new coaches. And that's why I asked Mo before, like, what would you like to see happen beyond the catharsis of being able to talk about, you know, to, to vent? Uh, that... John, to a certain degree, the venting is part of the process. It's therapeutic. That's why boards, to a certain degree, are a great place. They're, they're, they're an alternative for therapy, one way or the other. I, 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 I 100% agree with you on that, by the way. I definitely huh? agree with you. I definitely I mean, agree just, with you on that. A, a lot of the things that I've posted over the years, we won't go into that, were therapeutic. It just allowed me to, to put thoughts together, and you just float them out there, whatever. When you ask the question, who are we going to get, I just want to just reverse it a little bit. Again, and I want to come back to it. At what point do you know it's over? Now, uh, let, me, let me just get a little personal for a minute. I've been married three times, twice to the same woman. 
So let's, let's kind of go down that road just for a minute. At what point is a relationship over? When is it over? And let's forget the money because the money is one part of it. There's the it's other a huge part of it, part of it though. No, no, I'm not saying it isn't, but, but you're yeah. focusing strictly on money. And there's other things that come into it. There's the perception. Apparently, Francesca today made comments, essentially, you know, just he's never been a Rutgers fan. He never will be. He never will be. But the bottom line is, how much, how, how much can we really take? How many times can we be buried? How deep can we be buried and then come back to what? We, we accomplished something with Chiano. Unfortunately, he left. Some people were happy that he left. I'm not one of them. I not never was. I'm not one yeah. of them. And if we could get him back, I'd love him back. That's the bottom line. Because he was the face of the program. For all of his flaws, for all of his micromanaging, for all of his lack of game-gay skills or whatever, he was the best and most recognizable feature, even more so than I believe Ray Rice or Brian Leonard or anybody else that we had. It was Shiano that was the face of our program. Is Chris Ash the face of our program right now? Answer: No. So he's not. Let me let me stop you. Mo, let me stop you there for a second because I think sure. uh, you bring up a great, a great point. Um, and we knew this in terms of the search that Rutgers had, where you know they were not going to bring in Nick Saban or you know any of these coaches that we talked about. So they had to go the route of a coordinator. Right. So that coordinator was never going to be someone that was going to knock everybody off their box in terms of, you know, a a name that you knew. Right. It was always going to be, you know, some guy from Ohio State, a young guy. And that's it. Right. And I think the point about Chiano, by the way, and uh, is what workers may need or and this is interesting, John, because now we think about in what has gone on with Chiano in terms of the Tennessee uh, potentially not really being what was the reason that he wasn't named the interim coach in Ohio State. Is there actually, and I'm not pushing Nash out the door, I'm saying, but if that opened up that opportunity, uh, is there potentially even that marriage of opportunity? I think, Mo, that's what you said the other day, right? And an opportunity for Shiano to get back in P5 is not looking like something that's a definite for him and for, for, for Rutgers potentially this could be a, a fix. But the more important thing is, I think when you know in how recruiting goes in New Jersey and how so many people are, I think sometimes the negative perception around Rutgers, it's easier to say you're, you're almost like if you're playing for Shiano as opposed to, oh, I'm going to Rutgers. Or, or, or he had that kind of aura where you were, it was Shiano that was bringing you in. That's, that's definitely the case. That's what my biggest criticism of Ash is and because when you can't believe in a school and you can't believe in a program, you have to believe in the face of that program. And during the Shiano years is when I covered the recruiting for our website more. Um, in fact, early on uh, exclusively. So I talked to these recruits straight on through. And what I just couldn't believe time after time was that these kids would basically parrot everything Greg would tell them. Like he was so influential to them that he would, you know, I, I, it was like I, even kids who didn't go eventually commit to Rutgers, they bought what he was saying, and he had like a star quality to him, and they believed in him long before they believed in Rutgers. Um, you always tell the story uh, the elite college combine. It was the combine that really hit the 
the Northeast in a big way where all the college coaches could go and stand in a big circle around the recruits. The biggest impact of that entire place was Urban Meyer walking in with Greg Schiano side by side with one another. And obviously kids, you know, Urban Meyer was, was a hot topic at that time, but Greg made a huge impact wherever he went, people were watching. You always could sense when Greg was nearby, he had that presence and the kids, right. I guess you call like a star quality about him. Um, charisma. And sometimes it's charisma, right? And I think it's um, the fans bought it too. Um, other, you even like when you talk to former players, they loved him or hated him. They respected him. Sometimes they feared him. Definitely had opinions on him because he was an entity. And right, and I right don't now, think Rutgers has that right now. Ash seems to be a really nice guy, but no offense, he's white bread. And I'm somebody who likes, like, rye bread or sourdough or anything but white bread. White bread is last on my list. So when you, we're asking two different kinds of questions. And, and Jerry, I want to just keep us focused on that for a minute. One is, all right, let's just deal with the, the – the, you want to deal with reality. Um, I don't. I, I'm just – I'm venting, guys. I'm venting. I'm just expressing – when you and I spoke the other day, which was right after the game – I was telling you how I felt, and I've posted articles, and so have a number of other people. I thought I'd be the only one. No, a lot of other people are saying the same thing. I'm not the only one. The fact so, of the matter Mo, is, let me, Mo, let me just say, my concern though, and is that it's the venting and all of that. It's it's you know it's great. It's you need it. You know it's therapy, as you say. But it, it there is a real effect to this, and and especially with social media. Right. You just mentioned something in Francesca's set. Or now, I don't worry about him. The recruits don't listen to him. But people will post this stuff. People will say, oh, my neighbor is a Rutgers fan. He gave up and he's not going to the games. And and then we want to go and see that kid in high school at the local high school pick Rutgers. You, you know, so when 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 we and people are fans are venting and saying fire the coach and then he has to go and recruit in your town while everyone is talking about how, you know, the Rutgers fans have given up and this, and then say, well, Ash can't bring anybody in. He can't bring anybody in. Uh, what kid would go here when all you hear from the people in the state is, oh, you know, we're trying to fire this guy. So my point is it's not going to happen. So I don't think we should put such a large voice to it, you know, vent on the boards, but don't make this a, a such a topic that, NJ.com runs, you know, empty stadium in Buffalo this weekend and, and just puts it in such a spiral that it doesn't need to I be wasn't going, for, I, for one game. Okay, well, I wasn't going in that direction. You're taking it down several other levels. You're talking about fan. Re- look, let's, let's look at it from another perspective. Just, just, just one other one. Take a look at, again, using baseball, because that was uh, other than Rutgers football and basketball, baseball is my sport. Um, I used to say that Rutgers was the Cubs of the uh, of college football. Not since 2016. Nope, not anymore. If you look at it, let, let's be honest. What have we accomplished? We've been to some bowl games. What you're bringing up is can we attract, can we continue to attract a fan base? Can we keep that fan base? Can we grow it? How are we going to grow that fan base? How is that going to happen when you have a product on the field that isn't working? That's what I'm asking you. If we continue to if we continue to have 55 to 14, 40 to 12, 
I don't know what the heck the scores are going to be. None of us do. We're all making prognostications based on what? Based on what we think we know. We don't find out till Saturday. I understand that. That is a tough part, too, because, right, we're trying to look in crystal balls, and it's an unclear picture because there's still some pieces of the puzzle left to put together, including, you know, four winnable games coming up. And, you know, I think we're all right here. Mo, the kind of conversations that you're having, I think fans need to have. It goes back to what I was saying before. You've invested a lot of your time and money into this team. Just in the amount of time you've posted on our message board over the year, years, you know, that you are, you're entitled to event. You're entitled to your opinion. I think that's the whole point of social media is the point of message boards. Um, by the same token, I can't wait till this uh, – For I, I, it's weird to say I, I love I live for the football season, but I can't wait till it's over because at some point we're going to have to have to have these conversations because I don't think he's leaving unless they uncover some dirt on him of some sorts. Then that that it's a big question. How do you continue to recruit when your program is perceived to be at rock bottom? When you're even when things were going well and the perception was better, he wasn't recruiting well. Or well so enough the, to one compete. Of the, one of the questions, one of the questions that Jerry and I dealt with the other day, both in a podcast and then um, in a conversation. Let's take a look at this guy Puka Williams, just as an example. It's just an example. And I asked the question last last week of our guest uh, Jerry. You can fill us in with his name. I, I I kind of forgot it, but I asked him how quickly what's what's his forty time. And the guy looked it up and then came back and said four two seven. From everything that I saw, he didn't lie. That guy, that guy can flat out fly. And then, of course, what we heard was, well, it's not straight line speed. Guess what? Sometimes it really is. Sometimes it actually is straight line speed. I understand. I understand that I don't understand all the intricacies of the game. But you got some guy out there who can fly like Bob Hayes or whoever the heck it is. Uh, there used to be a guy named Green in the NFL that who never. I don't think he ever lost a hundred yard dash or a forty yard dash. There's, there's a certain perception that goes with that. Whether or not they have the academics, I'm, I'm getting to a point. Whether they have the academics or not, and I realize that's an issue, maybe sometimes we've got to bring in somebody who will only be here a year. In basketball, it's one and done, isn't it? They do have those kinds of players. Maybe we bring somebody in who doesn't necessarily have all of the credentials, but they have the football credentials, and they make us more valid. They give us an opportunity to win, and that changes the perception, and that brings about a whole different dynamic. That's what I'm getting to. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just giving you an alternative view. That's all. Just another view. And you're saying from a recruiting standpoint, you're saying perhaps lower the standards a bit to bring in some higher-impact kids? I think it's been stacked against the the, the kids who don't score as well SAT-wise or whatever uh, for a long time. So we're not able to get some of the JUCOs or we're not able to get some of the kids, I believe it was from Week Wake or whatever. We couldn't get them qualified. Yet, if I understand it correctly, and Jerry, jump in, and John, you too, I think there were some issues. Maybe they were resolved. Maybe they're not. I don't really know. Relative to this Puka Williams, as an example, how does a four-star wind up at Kansas and not wind up at LSU or Florida or you know, Alabama or some other place? Well, you answered your question because uh, the academics is why he didn't up up there. I, think, I, I also think, think I, that I, they I, hired somebody from that area. I, I, so I remember someone saying something about that he followed a coach up that way, but I, I'd, I'd have to research it some more. 
But you know, I, I, Rutgers would love to have a guy like Puka Williams. Rutgers would love to have, you know, I think we've seen in the past, you can get a two-star guy like a Devin McCourty and he'll play like a four-star guy down the road. But you'd rather be starting with the four-star guys up front. And, you know, Chris is not doing a good job attracting those guys. He's not doing a good job getting in with those guys and, and selling them that Rutgers is going to be some an entity to play for down the road. I don't really think it's a matter of taking – more marginal academic kids because look at you, that, that opens up another whole issue because they have to make it in this school. And second, Rutgers has not had the best track record with kids staying on the right side of the law over the past few years. I'd rather take kids who are of higher uh, standing. I mean, I, I, I used to talk a lot to one of the guys who ran Shiano's recruiting office and he'd tell me about this uh, they had like a questionnaire that they'd have to go into a school with before they'd recruit a kid. And they'd talk to the coach. They'd talk to the athletic director. They'd talk to the guidance counselor. And they'd have this kid, the kid would have to pass like a multi-point inspection before they'd continue recruiting him. And now, of course, they'd, I'm sure they'd make some allowances if the kid was a superstar stud, which we know they recruited a couple of kids of questionable character just because how could you not? But you know, you, you build your team around those high, those high, you know, what do you call that? What I'm the word I'm thinking of, but those, those kids of high character. High end kids, and, right. and, and, but you have to get the studs too, and you have to find a way to get them in. And right now, Rutgers isn't doing it. Um, that's, that's my big question for the off season. I, I'm already looking beyond, are they going to fire Chris Ash? Cause I don't see it happening. I, so I, I see him making, I... I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm amplifying what you're saying. Where are the Brian Leonard's? Where are the Ray Rice's? Where are the, um, where are the Brits? Where are the Hamiltons? Where are the Davises? Well, right, they weren't there I'm, in I'm the early just... Shiano years either. There were more, you know, misses than hits early on. But then again, I think people have made some really good comments in the in the past few days on the message board where they're saying, "Hey, look it." Flood was tearing down the program, but it still wasn't. It's right, you know, when when Ash came in, it wasn't at the depths that Wershiano was. Ruck, you know, just a few years ago, Rutgers was hitting and winning consistent bowl games. Uh, they're in the Big Ten. Ash should be doing better. He should be, you know, I, I keep, I think I'm flip flopping a little bit, but he should be getting the Brits. He should be getting the Ray Rices. Um, well, there's no John, excuse, is- and he ha- and he has to he has to change it. it, it if he's gonna I think we've seen this year, you, I always say with a coach, you either have to be the smartest guy in the room or the best car salesman. And it was very obvious early on that Chris Ash wasn't the best car salesman in the room. And then we had to go to the, you know, the next thing. Is he going to coach his way out of this? And I think that's why fans are the most upset over the past couple of days because that Kansas game – that really makes you question whether we do have the guy here who's the smartest guy in the room. And maybe he's just an average coach with below average talent or average talent. And that's not going to get it done this league. It doesn't. It, well, when you, when you make a dichotomy of, is he the brightest guy in the, in the room or does he have the personality that can convince you of anything? Sometimes it's nice to have both, isn't it? Yeah. But it's hard to, it's hard to, to get that. Very few coaches have both. Right. But well, they may have, they may not have both. But when you have neither, doesn't that become a decision point to actually attract one, one or the other? 
Oh, God, come well, on. We're, we're going in circles. I know, I know. Everyone hey, would hey, love hey. to have that guy. It's so, just so it's not that. happening this year. <laughs> Right. Oh, let, so let's let's think about let's think about let's think about what's going on this week, right? So, right. Uh, you bring up a good point about the hope for us, and that was also my most disappointing thing about this week was that you know you, you know we I thought I saw it in the Maryland game, Purdue. I said, oh, you know maybe we can coach these games and and you know beat some people. So it didn't happen. Now they the, the only way to turn this around is by winning some games, right? And it starts this week of Buffalo, right? Uh, you know, you mentioned, well, you mentioned about where's the Brent Leonard's, where's the guys. Well, you know, Archer Sikowski potentially has, is that guy, right? Um, but he, he obviously struggled, and he struggled early and put the team in a hole in a type of game that they could have won. But what about the decision and John, what do you think? First of all, what are your thoughts about him as a quarterback? And do you think that he's the right guy? And then the decision to keep him playing, which I personally agree with, but uh, where are you on that side of, of, is he potentially a guy that can turn it around and after four or five games down in his belt and start playing good football? You know, I was a little leery of him early on only because I don't think he had the high school career. So like, such as like Jalen Chapman, a freshman who is red shirting for Rutgers this year. If you took, if you took Jalen Chapman's ability to drive a team down the field in high school and put him in Sikowski's body, you'd have a five-star player, right? Um, so I guess the question I guess your question, if I remember what you said, is do I think he's the guy? Um, I don't know if it matters whether I think he's the guy. I think everyone who saw him in practice in the spring thought by far he was the guy. The people who saw him this summer, the the beat writers, thought it was a little bit of a muddier race, and other guys were doing well. But you know, the coaching staff and we, everyone was excited when John McNulty came back, and John McNulty loves Arthur. So I don't know how we can question it, but no, we can question right now because we have a couple, you know, a few games under our belts to say whether what should happen moving forward. But you know, there's a lot of second guessing going on and people saying, well, I knew he shouldn't have played this year. He should have redshirted. I didn't hear anyone saying that in the weeks leading up to the season. I'm not, by the way, just so we're clear, John, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I'm going to give you a a slightly, again, another slightly off oblique comment. I'm not saying that, uh, that, that Art shouldn't start, but if he throws another pick, as opposed to him letting continue and go on and on, why not sit him down, make it a teachable, coachable moment, Give him a couple of series where he's just watching. Do you understand? Here's what I need you to do. You know, and then you go back in. I'm not saying that you bench him. Absolutely not. But there are times when you have to learn. When are those, just saying that he's going to throw seven interceptions, like we had, I forget, what was seven years, what was it, ten years ago, we had a game, seven interceptions in one game. I don't know anybody who could put up with that. I, I don't know how we did it. It didn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense now. I think that if we're going to start Art, we basically let him know he's on a short leash. And if he has a little problem, he'll be back in. But it's either Geo or it's, uh, it's going to be Lewis. Or if you need to, yeah, Chapman. I've seen some people talking about why not burn, not burn, their, shirt, not burn their, their eligibility, but why not play them three games or up to four and then stop. Right. Chapman's not getting any, <laughs> any reps in practice, so that's not going to happen. But – I know what you're saying. Look at everything you're saying. You know, there's things that make sense, and I think we'll 
we'll see moving forward. I, I, he, Ash said that he's still a starter right now, but if you look, if you read between the lines and the quotes, he's not, you know, nothing is set in stone. He's still evaluating. I think he said it was a Sunday, Monday evaluation. So maybe tomorrow he'll say something. You know, I'm not sure. Well, it's funny because I think, I think if you're going to bring if, – if, 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 the only way to do it, I think, is either he plays it out, we just deal with it, um, or kind of what you're saying where we – I don't think the package should – I think you, perhaps you start Geo and then play Arthur in certain series. But other than that, I mean, they made this decision. I, I, I can't see – I don't think it's going to be Lewis. I don't think you're going to see anyone else, uh, Chapman or anything. So it's either Geo starts and they try to win a game like this and play Sikowski uh, as they can, or you, you just stick with them. All right. Well, gentlemen, I have to bow out of the conversation, but I stayed on longer than I was invited for, and I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> uh, you guys run a great show, and it was fun talking to both of you. John, thank you nice very much. You Appreciate again, it. Good luck. Thanks right. a lot. Take care, guys. See you on the board. Thanks for John coming on. And, uh, yes, um, I appreciate him definitely. It's funny when you're here and we're talking, it's almost like we could talk <laughs> all night about this, right? Uh, I said, John, we come on for 15, 20 minutes, and it's, you know, almost 45 minutes. Um, so, so, Mo, I'm not sure we accomplished much, but I think, uh, you know, Probably what we talked about is is what uh, most people are are thinking about in terms of Rutgers fans, and uh, you know John you brought up the point, and I and, and it's my only point, and I as I said again, is my only concern is that you know we we you know the fire ash movement is is just something that's not going to happen right now, and I just get concerned, and um, you know I I I hear you know. People, People know I wear my Rutgers stuff, so they want to talk about it. And, uh, you know, some, you know, it's when the persons in, that are supposed to be ambassadors to, to, to Rutgers, and it's tough. I'm a fan like everybody else. But if, if we start bad-mouthing him and we start putting this down, uh, it's, it's just not going to be a good thing. Now, I, I, I know what you're saying. is He shouldn't just uh, assume that he has the job, but I don't think he is. I mean, he's obviously trying uh, I think he just got to, they got to get themselves back in there. The players, like anybody else, any other athlete or any other sport, um, shouldn't want to lose 55 to 14 to Kansas. So I don't care who's coaching, but, uh, you know, they need to get their stuff together. And, and it starts this weekend. And uh, that's all you can do. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, not disrespect to Buffalo, but I don't think that's a story. So I don't, I don't want to talk about uh, the talent of their quarterback or the talent that they have. Uh, this is just a game that, that Rutgers needs to, uh, you know, show some pride and, and, and play the kind yeah. of football we were expecting. I, I agree with you. And I, I want to make a distinction. Um, I wear my Rutgers gear. I'm here in Oregon right now. And when I'm in California, I wear it down there as well. I will always support the team. The coach is not the team. And I, I support the players. Again, the coach is not the team. Uh, when we had Flood and all of those other improprieties showed up, the coach is not the team. I still love Rutgers. I always will. And I bleed scarlet. But the bottom line is, let me, let me just bring up a point. You mentioned that the players have to basically 
sounds like show up on Saturday, and uh, we don't care whether or not they have two first-round draft picks uh, on offense. That's not the point. We're going to go in there, and we're going to – it's at home. We're going to win. Teddy Bridgewater came in with, in Louisville. I forget what year it was. You might remember. What was it, about five years ago? Mm, 2012. On one leg. Right. He's playing on one leg. I don't even know how the heck he did it, and he beat us. So I think that what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and they've got to get some sense of pride, urgency, and uh, they have to be able to lift their heads up and look themselves in the mirror. Um, if, if they bleed scarlet like we do, we'll be in great shape. Well, it was a good uh, show, um, a more spontaneous Monday show, giving us um, you know opportunity to talk about this. And we'll kind of digest it for the rest of the week and uh, get back out here uh, next week again. Appreciate uh, John coming on and uh, you know giving us his time. It could, you know he obviously has a lot to deal with uh, uh, with running uh, the site. So uh, it was a good show and a good opportunity for us to chat. And uh, Mo, we'll do this again. Uh, do you dare want to even give a prediction, or I think skip it to next week? I'm thinking. Um, prediction. Um, okay, prediction. Rutgers 27, Buffalo 24. Good. I like to dare. Like I said, I, I would – I'm going to pass on it this week mainly because I feel I haven't actually put in a whole lot of look into, into Buffalo. And I just feel uh, it's too emotional in terms of just going with the heart here. So uh, this is, this is one where, you know, I think it's, it's a little worrisome. Still counts in the standings. I, right now we're, <laughs> we're both one and two. <laughs> we're one and two. So then I'll, I'll, so. I'll go with the, I'll go with the Rutgers, uh, Twenty-three, twenty-one, just to sound good. Okay, all right. You're you're trying to really uh, carve it down. That's fine. Let's see. Let's 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 pull out a W. We can we can quibble later on whether or not the point spread was right or not. That's irrelevant. Let's pull out a W and let's hope that the players are feeling just as upset and just as frustrated and want to take it out just as much as we do. All right. All right. Well, again. This is RU Fan Jerry. Appreciate everybody listening, and I'll, we'll hear you uh, and talk next week.